Chuwong. Cap Chuwong. You want some Bible? If you need a Bible, there should be some on the shelf over there. John will get one for you. Okay, shall we, uh, just before we open the Bible, shall we just have a word of prayer? And uh, let's just commit our um, meeting this morning into God's hands and the preaching of his word. So let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we'd just like to thank you for this opportunity uh, to come to your word this morning. Just remember the death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, please help us this morning to listen. Pray that thy Holy Spirit would speak to us afresh and change us, dear Lord, as we've been listening this morning through these songs that we've been singing. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, Acts chapter 1. And uh, we're just going to uh, read uh, the first uh, three verses. Okay, verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his, what's the next word? Passion. What's the next word? Passion. Passion. By many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. And I'm back this morning to speak about passion. The passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we just read there. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. You know, one of the sad uh, evidences um, of, our midden, of our modern spiritual decline is the disappearance of passion. Unfortunately, passion seems to be missing from pulpits today. Um, it's missing from our prayer lives. It's missing from our public outreach. And it's basically, passion seems to be missing from our Christian lives as well. And uh, we need to ask the Lord to renew that passion that we once had, maybe when we first became Christians. Where is that passion? Do we still have it? We need to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to revive us and give us that passion for him and uh, to serve him as well. Um, should we be surprised that passion is missing today in our Christian lives? Well, one of the reasons may be because it's missing from the Bibles today. It's actually missing from the modern Bibles because that word passion is being replaced with the word sufferings, giving it a negative connotation. We have in our King James Bibles this morning the word passion. And you know, not all passion is negative. Not all passion is about lust. And about Hollywood, you know, there is a passion. And the Lord Jesus Christ, if you notice in verse 3, it speaks about his passion. This passion belonged to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a passion that he had. And we're going to see um, why he had that passion this morning. Um, Charles Spurgeon once said, If Christ be anything, he must be everything. Oh, rest not till love and faith in Jesus be the master passion 
of your soul. We need that passion uh, in our Christian lives. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to the cross and he died and he was buried and three days later he rose from the dead. The Bible says that he did it and he did it with a passion. And uh, let's have a look this morning at two important ways in which the Lord Jesus Christ showed that passion. And the first one was for our salvation. If we just turn to, uh, just keep your, uh, your ribbons there, your markers in Acts chapter 1. Um, but if you just turn to Isaiah chapter 50, Isaiah 15, we see here the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ um, being predicted at least 700 years um, before he had it. It was there in the scriptures. And um, Isaiah chapter 50, uh, it's an incredible uh, chapter. But it's no doubt, there's no doubt here that he's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not speaking about Isaiah because he didn't suffer um, some of the things that we're going to read here this morning. Um, but it's God speaking here um, very clearly in verse 2. But we're just going to pick it up here in verse 5. And it says here that the Lord God have opened mine ear. And I was not rebellious, neither turned away my back. You know the Lord Jesus Christ when he was going to Calvary he didn't turn back. You know if that was me I probably would have found a little empty hole or would have found a cave somewhere and I would probably would have been looking for a hole to hide in. But not the Lord Jesus Christ. It says here that verse 6 it says I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Mm. Verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. The Lord Jesus Christ was not ashamed to endure the cross. Mm. And we're going to have a look at why that is in a few moments. But we see here that the passion that Jesus had was predicted in the scriptures, predicted in Isaiah. What a wonderful book the book of Isaiah is. Absolutely incredible. Isaiah 53 says, By his stripes we are healed. And we learn there, don't we, about him giving his back to the smiters and, um, and his cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. We see here his passion. We see his resolve. You know that word passion means... Emotion. It means strong feeling and strong desire. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ had as he was going and he set his face as a flint, the Bible says. I wonder, do we know what flint is this morning? Flint stone. Well, flint stone is actually one of the hardest stones that you can have that you, you can actually have. In fact, flint stone was actually used to make weapons. And um, it was used um, to make all sorts of um, hard um, materials. And um, flint, we see here, is used about our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, flint is something that's very hard. It's very set. It's not going to move. Flint was determined. Um, it's set. And it's not going to be like sinking sand. You see here... In verse 7, he says that I set my face like a flint. 
He didn't look to the left or to the right or to look back. He went straight. That was our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank the Lord this morning that we have a Saviour that doesn't take his hands off the plough and he doesn't look back. He goes forward and he accomplishes what he came to do. Wonderful. Let's just have a look at how some of these verses we've been looking at. Let's have a look at the fulfilment of them in Matthew uh, chapter 26. As we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, his passion for our salvation. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, let's just uh, just be reminded of, um, of what happened a few days before the resurrection. And um, we read, we take it up here, chapter 26 and verse 57. It says, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Down to verse 67. They did spit in his face. This is the Son of God. This is God who created the heaven, the earth, who created Pontius Pilate, he created Caiaphas. And we see here that they did spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands. Let's just turn down to um, 27, chapter 27 and verse 30. As we continue, it says, And they spit upon him, and took the reed, and smote him on the head. 31. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him, and put his own raiment on, and led him away to crucify him. And we see here the fulfilment of Isaiah chapter 50, how they uh, mocked him, how they spat him, and how they stripped him of his scarlet robe, uh, and as they led him away and, uh, to, uh, to crucify him. And uh, we'll just turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke 9. And we see here another fulfilment of uh, Isaiah 50. Luke 9 and verse 51. It says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And we see it again, don't we? How his face was steadfast. <laughs> It was steadfast to go to Jerusalem. He was determined. The Lord Jesus Christ went and he endured the cross and he did it with a passion. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Why was, why was the Lord so passionate? Why was he so determined as he was going to the cross? Well, he was passionate about our lost condition. You know, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yep. We were thinking about this on Wednesday night. We are lost. Naturally, as we come into this world, we are lost sinners. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Death. We die physically, each and every one of us. That's where we're heading, because of sin. We've all sinned. But the Bible talks about a second death. The Bible talks about an eternal separation in hell, cast into the lake of fire for eternity. Mm. And that's where every sinner, unrepentant, is heading right now. I don't know about you here this morning. I hope, and I just hope that you are saved and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. And that there was a time and a day where you put your trust in Christ to be your saviour. Have you done that? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ today? As your personal saviour. Because if you don't. 
The Bible says that there is only one destination for you, and that is hell. And there is no turning away, there's no turning back, there's no second chance. Once you're in that place, the only other place that you're going to go, the Bible talks about, is the lake of fire, and it's forever. You don't want to go there. Jesus Christ has done it all on the cross. He showed his passion when he went to Jerusalem and when he died on that cross. And he did it for your salvation this morning. Don't wait a moment longer. Isaiah 53 and verse 6 says, And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He died for you and he died for me this morning. Wonderful. You know, God has a passion for souls this morning. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he's waiting today for multitudes of people to come to him in repentance and partake of that wonderful salvation. Um, can we see here this morning the passion that Christ has for the soul? I wonder this morning, what about our passion for souls? Do we have a passion for the lost? When was the last time that we shared the gospel with a lost person? Have you shared it yet with your family? Have you shared it with those close to you? Have you shared it with people at work? Do they know that you're a Christian? What about the people outside there today? Have you told people in your street? Have you told people, have you told friends and neighbours? Do they know you're a Christian? Where is our passion for the lost? And I'm speaking to myself here this morning. You know, I miss so many opportunities. Through laziness, through neglect, through all sorts, through fear. There are all sorts of reasons. And you know, we need to ask the Lord for that passion once more. We need to ask the passion for souls, lost souls. You know, Charles Adam Spurgeon had a passion for souls and he said that if sinners be damned at least let them leap to hell over our bodies and then he said if they will perish let them perish with our arms about their knees let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for we need to have a passion dear friends this morning and we, have, we need to have a passion for those who don't know Jesus Christ we need to pray we need to ask him for that passion why don't you join us on a Wednesday night? We have a prayer meeting. If you can't make it physically, it's online. We can meet together and we can just join our hearts together and pray. Pray for our church. We'll pray for the lost around us. Pray that people will come into church and hear the gospel message. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Wonderful. Well, just to remind you that in a couple of weeks there will be a church outreach that you'll be able to join. And uh, we'll go out into Scammersdale and we'll be sharing some of the things that we're thinking about this morning will be sharing the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ for lost souls. Well, Jesus showed his passion for our salvation, but secondly, I want us to see that he also had a passion for the resurrection. He had a passion for his own, but he has a passion for his disciples and also for our resurrection as well. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews 12, and we see here... <coughs> As the Lord Jesus Christ was um, looking to the future, looking beyond the cross, he could see something that gave him joy. And uh, we see that in verse 2. 
And it says here, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that began your faith. He's the one that started it. He's the one that gave you life. Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see it spiritually, and you will not see it physically. But he is the one that gives us the new birth. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. And he is the author, and he's also the finisher. And you know, one day we won't need faith when we see our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And he's going to take us through all the way. And he's going to give us that faith that we need until we meet our Lord Jesus Christ and we're living with him for all eternity, face to face. But the Bible says that he's the finisher, he's the author and finisher of our faith. And then he says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We see here that as the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he saw the cross, he knew what was going to happen. Nothing took the Lord Jesus Christ by surprise. He could see the suffering and the anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane. He saw him, himself being crucified and being rejected by this world, his own, his own people. He saw that. But you know, the Lord Jesus Christ saw beyond that. The Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He saw something on the other side of the cross. And I believe that one of these things was the resurrection. And we know that the resurrection brought joy, not only to the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to his disciples as well. Let's just turn to John chapter 16. John 16 and verse 16. And uh, we're going to read down to verse 22. Verse 16, Jesus says to his disciples, says, A little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. We see here that the Lord Jesus is preparing them for his going away, but also that he's, he's going to return. And he says, Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. You see, the disciples were complexed here. They didn't really understand what was going on. And he says in verse 18, They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell what he saith. Now when Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that, I said, a little while and ye shall not see me, and a little while and ye shall see me. Verse 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep. And we know that the disciples were sad, and we know that they wept, and we know um, Mary and, um, and, and uh, the other ladies at the cross were weeping for the Lord Jesus Christ. There was sadness. There was not joy at that point. They didn't really understand what was going on. And then he says... The, that, um, but the world shall rejoice. What a difference, eh? What a difference between the world and those of his disciples. Or those of his disciples that were going to have joy. The world were rejoicing at the sight of the cross. 
You know, a few days ago I was speaking to um, a few of our drivers and uh, we were talking about um, Easter, we were talking about the resurrection and uh, one of the guys he said, um, oh this uh, Easter, this Easter rubbish, you know, he says um, the Eastern Orthodox will celebrate one Sunday and then you'll have the Roman Catholics that will celebrate on, a, on another weekday and you know, basically um, saying it was just all a load of rubbish and I, I can understand what they're, what they're saying in, in a way but they didn't really understand the true meaning of the resurrection and um, but you know the world will rejoice at the crucifixion and he says and you shall be sorrowful but your sorrow shall be turned into joy a woman when she is tra in travail you, you ladies who have had children you'll know about this a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish. Why? For joy that a man is born into the world. It all is paled into significance. All that pain when the joy of bringing a child into the world. And this is what it was like with the resurrection. All that sorrow of the cross was going to be put behind them. And their joy was going to be full right now. Verse 22. And ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again. Speaking here about the resurrection. And he says. And your heart shall. What's the next word? Rejoice. And your joy no man taketh from you. Wow wonderful. Amen. And we see here. That he endured the cross. The Bible says. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him. He saw the resurrection of himself. But he also could see the resurrection of his disciples one day. And of us, we're going to think about that as we look at a few scriptures. But he was looking at the joy of the resurrection. Um, why is resurrection a joyous time? Why can we speak about joy? You know... Obviously these men where I work, they, they have no joy because of the resurrection, because of the rising of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we joyous? Well, we're joyous because with the resurrection there is hope and there is victory Amen. over death. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to a non-Christian funeral. I've been to quite a few. There's not much joy at a non-Christian funeral. You know, There's a lot of memories... And a lot of nice eulogies given. I remember I gave, um, I did a, a funeral a while back. And it was a funeral of a, a dear Christian lady who went to be with the Lord. And obviously of her family, there were some that were Christians. But there were many who weren't. And you know, many people were coming up to the pulpit to give eulogies of this lady. And it was nice to hear, nice to hear the stories. I, I can remember a lot of them, this lady. Um, she had a, a lovely Christian lady and uh, she was liked by many people but it came to the point where it, most of these eulogies were all about the past it was all about what she had done in her life and how she brought children into the world and uh, the jobs that she had uh, the accomplishments that she had and uh, you know and it was great to hear but it was all about the past and it just made me think, and I had to say, well, what about the future? As a Christian, I'm looking with joy for the future, because I know that because of the resurrection, 
I'm going to be and I'm going to see that lady one more. Amen. Good. Once, once again. Amen. Good. My memories of the past, yeah, good. But the memory, the, what I think about for the future is even better. Mm. There's going to be no frailties, there's going to be no sickness. You know, I, I knew this lady, you know, she was in the 90s. She was quite sick before she died. She spent quite a bit of time uh, in a care home. But you know, what I think about is the future. I think about the time that we're going to enjoy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Can't wait. Amen. And that's the joy that we have as Christians. You know, death is like a robber. I hate death. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 in, in, in a moment. But death is like a robber. And I feel sometimes, you know, when you've lost a loved one and that loved one is a Christian, you feel as though you've been robbed for a time. It's a short time. And we know that death is cruel. And death is an enemy, the Bible says. But we know that through the resurrection, that there is going to be victory. <clears throat> victory for the Christian. And victory for that one that has left this life as a Christian as well. Mm. Wonderful. And uh, we can look forward to that. Let's just turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, in order for us to be resurrected... Um, the Lord Jesus Christ first had to be resurrected. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. It says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Amen. Amen. And become the firstfruits of them that slept. We see here that in this verse, we're being told that Christ is now risen and he has become the firstfruits. He's the first one to rise from the dead, never to die again. Okay? Wonderful. Let's just carry on here. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits. After were they that are Christ's at his coming. You know, the resurrection is actually likened to um, a harvest in the scriptures. And I don't know if you've ever been in, involved in um, harvesting in a field where you've got crops. But there are three kinds of uh, gatherings to a harvest. Mm -hmm. You have the first fruits. You have the fruits that sometimes come up very early. And, um, and they're picked because they're, they're ready. You also have what's called the harvest, which is the main gathering of the fruits. And thirdly, you have what's called the gleanings, the stragglers, if you like, the ones that uh, take a, a lot more time. Okay, And then they're gathered in as well. And you know, in the scriptures, I believe that we can see that there are three, at least three different kinds of gatherings um, in the scriptures for us as a resurrection to be with our Lord and we see the first fruits we see when the Lord Jesus Christ died and he rose again from the dead we know don't we the Lord Jesus Christ where he went he didn't go straight to heaven the Bible teaches us that he went down and he went to free those that were captive in paradise and he, he went to take those that were captive leading captive, captivity captive and he led them out. And we know also that in, in, in the days following the resurrection, 
we know that many of the graves in Jerusalem, they opened as well, didn't they? Mm -hmm. These were the first fruits. And Jesus Christ took the living and the dead saints and he took them back to heaven to be with them. With the Lord in glory. That's where they are right now. That's where paradise is today. He's taking it to heaven. We also have the harvest. And this is the one that I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. This is the gathering of the church. You know. And um, I believe that we can see this. Um, if we just turn to uh, John. John chapter 14. And these are very familiar words. But it's obvious the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about the church. Uh, because the disciples were still there. And they hadn't been... Uh, risen yet and uh, it says let not your heart be troubled believe ye believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you now people have um, argued about what the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about here is he speaking about going to heaven and preparing a place for the disciples or is he here speaking about going to the cross and preparing a way of salvation so that they could be with the Lord Jesus Christ one day? Well, it's in verse 3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You see here, he's speaking here about the harvest. He's speaking about the gathering of his church, of his saints. And that's the gathering that we're waiting for here this morning. It's called a blessed hope. Yep. Amen? Amen. That's, what, that's where our hope is. And it's a blessed hope. Because there may never come a day, a day where we will die. That's the hope that I have today. I may, I may never die. I may never pass the grave. I may never go to a hospital and end up getting old and, and dying. That may never happen. It may happen, but... My hope is in the blessed hope. Yep. Yeah? Amen. That's where we should be looking this morning. The Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That's where we should be looking. Mm. We're not to be looking for the Antichrist. We're to be looking for Jesus Christ. Because mm. he's coming back. Amen. He's coming back for his church. And the living and the dead saints, the Bible says, will rise. And they will meet the Lord in, in, in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen? Sure. Wonderful. You know, the Bible also speaks about a third gathering. It speaks about the gleanings. These are stragglers. These are ones that come at the end. And I believe that as we can see, as we read uh, about the uh, tribulation in the book of Revelation, it also speaks about dead and living saints being gathered together in heaven. And um, I haven't got time right now to go through all the scriptures. But we know about um, the two witnesses. And we also know about the 144,000 as well. That will one day be on the earth. They are seen as well in heaven. Yep. And it's wonderful. And it speaks this morning of resurrection. God is a God of life. Yep. He's a God of resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Wonderful. Amen. That's where my hope is this morning. Um, do people deny the resurrection today? Of course they do. They, they found it hard to believe the first few days after the resurrection. I was reading this morning. Um, it's incredible how many of the disciples and um, the ladies and how much unbelief. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ actually got brave with his disciples for not believing. 
You know, once they had their eyes opened, the disciple says, didn't our hearts burn within us mm. as we walked together with him? Do our hearts burn this morning? Do we have that passion for our Lord Jesus Christ? Can we thank him this morning for our salvation? Can we thank him for the resurrection? Wonderful. Mm. Let's just um, see. Um, <clears throat> people do deny the resurrection today. You know, one of the, the first people that denied the resurrection were called the Sadducees. That's why they're sad, you see. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Acts chapter 30, uh, 23 and verse 8 says, They say there is no resurrection. The Sadducees are one of the first people who didn't believe that there was going to be a rising of the dead. There's no hope. There's no joy in the Christian life without a resurrection. Yeah. If the Lord Jesus Christ just went to the cross and he died and that was it, he would be just like another prophet who went to the tomb. The difference is with Jesus Christ is that today there is no body in the tomb. It's empty. He's not there. He's risen from the dead. Amen. Wonderful. You know... Years ago, uh, Angelica and myself, we visited um, the British Museum down in London. And um, <clears throat> we were there on a day when they had a Bible, some very old manuscripts. It was actually called the Sinaiticus. And uh, they had the actual Bible open at Mark chapter 16. And it was just incredible to see that there was sort of a full page missing. And you could see, and we know that from Mark chapter 16, verse 9 to verse 20, there's a lot of unbelief whether that should be in the scriptures or not. But there's a lot of evidence that says that it should be. But you know, in this manuscript that was in the British Library, it was missing. It was gone. I thank God this morning that I don't have footnotes in my Bible saying that the oldest manuscripts omit. It's in my Bible. The resurrection. If that was taken out of the scriptures, all we would see was disciples that were sad. Mm. No hope. But with the resurrection, we have a hope this morning. Mm. It's wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. Let's have a prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you this morning. We thank you for the passion that you had for our salvation. We thank you for going to Calvary. We thank you for shedding your precious blood on the cross for our sins. But Lord, it doesn't stop there. We thank you that you died, you rose again the third day. And we thank you, dear Lord, for the new life that you give us this morning. Thank you for that joy. And we thank you, dear Lord, that we can have a passion in our hearts this morning because our Saviour is alive from the dead. Death has no dominion over our Saviour this morning. We thank you that he is alive today and he is sat at the right hand of of the throne of God. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your passion, dear Lord, for the second coming as well. We thank you, dear Lord, that you are just waiting for that day and the Father says, go and get them. And Lord, we thank you that we, as a church, will rise from the dead and those that are living will be caught up as well. What a day that's going to be. Lord, we thank you for the hope that you've given to us. And Lord, thank you for that joy this morning in our hearts. And Lord, help us this morning. If we've lost that joy, if we've lost that passion for the Christian life, dear Lord, please forgive us if there is sin 
that has darkened our hearts and our path, Lord, please help us to deal with it. Please help us to bring it to you this morning. And uh, please restore the joy of our salvation. And Lord, give us a passion as well for those that are lost, for our family members, for our neighbours, for people around us, Lord. Please give us that passion once more for the lost people around us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.